Welcome to another episode of Hitting Pater by Impact Sports. This is episode number 69, and I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me, Mr. Brian Klemecki. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. I missed you. How you been? Yeah, dude, it's it's been a hot minute. We took off for the 4th, and then I just spent the last week in uh, Disney World with the family. So it was awesome and exhausting. More exhausting than awesome. Yeah, I mean, kids <laughs> kids are just a lot of work. Uh, they enjoyed yeah. it, so that was the most important part. Yeah. But yeah, flight got in around midnight last night. Had to get them up at 7 and out the door for school and... Oh, yeah. I hear you, bud. All that, <laughs> all that good stuff. So it's been kind of a whirlwind two weeks. So yeah. uh, it feels good to be back in the saddle here and getting back at it. Um, so we're going to hit a couple of... Uh, like current events today. We'll talk Baker moving to Carolina. Uh, we'll talk a little bit to Sean Watson and then a little bit Lamar. And then we're going to do a little bit of fantasy talk because it's July 13th Mid-July. and there's not much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we got training camps kicking off here in just a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, more the, the NFL will start kicking off and we'll have preseason games and all that good stuff. But man, for the next two weeks, it's, we are in the dog days August. of summer. Just got to get to August. Get Just got to get to August. Right? Just got to get to August. So, <clears throat> all right. First, let's start with um, with Baker. So while I was out, I don't remember what day it was, sometime last week, Baker uh, moves on to Carolina. My initial thoughts were just, what took so long? Yeah. Like, what do you think took so long? It was all about who's paying his salary and what the compensation was because Baker wasn't going back. Cleveland didn't want him back. And there was, what, two suitors out there, the Seahawks and Panthers. Mm -hmm. And it just became a staring contest of, well, the Seahawks said, well, we're just trying to tank, so we don't want any quarterback besides Drew Locke. And then it was came down to the Carolina Panthers, and it's a staring contest between them and you know Cleveland of, we know there's no market besides us, so you can either cut him or you get like the most minimal compensation possible and you pay like the majority of the salary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cleveland was, you know, up against the wall there and they had the fold. So do you, um, you know, with me being out, do you, did you, have you seen the financial splits? I, I, I didn't I write them down, but I, I feel like, um, I think Baker took a hair of a pay cut. He took, I think like a $3 million pay cut. And then he, um, I, I want to say the Panthers are paying only like $5 million of a salary, and then Cleveland foots the rest of the bill. So okay. um, I think it came down to Cleveland's eating most of the money, right? And then they got like a, con- a conditional 2024 fifth-round pick that can turn into a fourth-round uh, pick with playing time. So kind of a like a low-risk, high-reward, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. for Carolina to make here. We'll see. Well, and now they get um, they get a true like quarterback competition. They're calling it completely open, which makes sense. I mean, Baker's behind the eight ball a little bit because he's got to learn a new playbook. Yeah, he missed all of OTAs. He missed all of the mini camp stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so in the next two weeks, he's got to learn an entire playbook, basically a new language. Yeah, but he gets a chance to come in and potentially start again. 
all things being equal, I would like to think he can beat out Sam Darnold for that starting job. I don't know. I don't know. Sam Darnold has a year in the in the system. Yeah. And they're like equivalent of each other talent wise. I think Baker's much better. But like I think Baker has better decision making for sure. But like talent wise, like everything other than that, like arm strength, mobility, like they're pretty similar. They're both highly touted coming out of college yeah, and both flamed out. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's pretty much open competition. I wouldn't say Baker's a starter right away. I mean, you would assume that because they traded for him and they gave up, you know, a little bit of draft compensation, but they gave up something for him. But if you look back, they gave up way more for Sam Darnold. And they're paying Sam Darnold more. $17 million Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's a done deal that Baker's starting. I think we're all rooting for Baker to start, but I wouldn't call it a done deal. And you got Matt Corral, who they sunk more draft capital in than Matt Corral than they did into Baker Mayfield. They sunk a third-round pick into Matt Corral. So right. yeah. you have three quarterbacks sitting in your roster, and what are you going to do with all of them? I think I don't think Carolina has a plan. I think they're just trying to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Well, as we've talked about in this podcast, Matt Rule is likely yeah. to be the first coach fired this year. Yeah, yeah. So if this is just an absolute, you know, mess, yeah, he'll be fired, and you'll have a new head coach, right? Who's going and hopefully they can develop some sort of two to three year plan because right? Is it Matt Coral? Is it? Do you, do you extend Baker? Do you ex- extend Darnold? I mean, you you have like literally like no investment long term, or I mean, Matt Corral, you you drafted right, but there's no like long term like high value money commitment to him. No, absolutely not. So he could be a you know backup quarterback in your roster forever. You can just cut both Sam Darnold and Baker, let him walk, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year, bring your own, uh, a whole new GM, a whole new coach, everything, just clean slate it, and yeah. you know if you flame out, you win two games, you get you know CJ Stroud and just. F- restart your whole franchise yeah this seems like a team to me desperate team yes but also one that that could be in like the conversation like the miami dolphins where they're paying people to tank oh yeah yeah. <laughs> like if sure. they start out like one and three it's yeah. like okay yeah shut it down yeah like, you might hire like a practice scout defensive lineman to like twist someone's ankle we are now in the cj stroud <laughs> campaign yeah, we're in the sweepstakes yeah yeah um, so I got the breakdown here. The Panthers are paying Baker Mayfield just under five million. Yeah. Uh, the Browns are paying ten and a half million. The remainder of that eighteen point eight. So for simple math, let's call three. it three, three yeah. and a half, um, is being converted into incentives. Oh yeah. So he can still make the full eighteen point eight, but he's going to have to play. He's going to have to meet certain statistical thresholds. Um. So, so good for him, and honestly, good for the Browns. I mean, they've made this mess themselves. Yeah, they save eight point three million dollars, which is huge. Sure, I mean, now only two twenty eight to go or two twenty two to go for uh, Deshaun. It's better than paying a backup quarterback <laughs> who's going to be a cancer in your locker room, <laughs> almost nineteen million dollars. Facts. All right. So, facts. <laughs> um, they save a little bit of cash. And who knows what this does for Carolina? Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is this even like worth anything? I feel like it's like a in a vacuum. Yeah, great. They got like maybe slightly better, but are they like up to four wins now? You think or like? Well, so <laughs> let me ask you this, because you've been, I would I would say you very are critical. low on Baker Mayfield hype Baker. train. Yeah, like if he goes out and has a year like he did two years ago. Where he throws for thirty touchdowns, he's under fifteen interceptions, and now you're Carolina. Is that good enough to 
offer him an extension and kind of move on with him? No, I tag him. I tag him and make him prove it one more year. Okay. But you – the problem with that is, t- like, the franchise tags for quarterbacks are – I mean, that's going to be it's gonna, 40 yeah. million. Okay. But you want to tie up a four-year extension worth $120 million, Or do you want to just, yeah. you know, foot the bill for $35 million for a year and, you know, if he flames out like Sam Darnold, let's say – yeah. like he did last year, well, then you're off the hook. But if you're slapping down $120 million on the table and he flames out again, now you're staring on the barrel of a bigger issue. Yeah, for sure. And you're then you're in, then you're really in purgatory for exactly. the next three years. So, yeah, I, I mean, the lowest risk is what I would look for, and I think the lowest risk would be Baker, prove it again. We'll give you $35 million guaranteed, but you got to prove yourself again one more year if mm-hmm. you, you know. So I wouldn't be so quick to just hand either one of these guys, you know, $100 million plus deal well i think the writing's on the wall for sam darnold even if he beats out baker mayfield and he earns that starting job like he's clearly not the future or they wouldn't have gone out and got baker i agree i agree so darnold you know hopefully he's saving his money hot take here is this like a could could sam darnold get fired up from this like a aaron Rodgers jordan love scenario where he just comes on balls and wins six <laughs> games. I mean, what? I mean, well, Baker might win six games. What are we doing here? I know, but I. Th- so last year, um, they just both these guys just need to prove that they can take care of the football, be efficient, not turn it over, and just like slowly build their rep back up. So with Sam Darnold, I thought last year when he got traded, yeah, to Carolina, I was like, this is going to be great for him. Get out of New York. Just which the Jets historically have ruined quarterbacks, specifically Adam Gase. But he didn't show a whole lot last year. No, he was terrible. So it's like uh, he had three good games. He started off three and zero, and then he just was horrible, like horrible. Yeah. So with with Baker, Baker is at least performed, I would say, to a higher level than Sam Darnold. Yeah. Last year was bad, maybe due to the injuries. He, yeah, you can definitely blame on injuries, but I mean, that was equally as horrible a season as Sam Darnold. It, I think for Baker, the question's going to be more around like who is he as a starting quarterback? For me, the biggest red flags are that Odell and Landry both wanted out, and then yeah. as soon as Baker was on the way out, Landry's like, "Yeah, I'll stay." I'll stay. <laughs> like yeah. that to me is a huge red flag. Yeah. Um so, you know, and now there's, like, stories. And you got to be careful with these stories, especially when someone's on the way out. But that would be the the weirdest thing. I mean, Baker has no, like, elite traits to me. He's not, you know, tall. He's not, like, super fast. He's not, like, I don't think he's really that mobile, honestly. He doesn't have, like, the most elite arm strength. He's yeah. He probably has good ball placement. He's got decent to somewhat good decision making but like he doesn't do anything elite so like i'm not gonna pay him like elite money yeah and like right now if you're extending quarterbacks you're paying them elite money so i'm just staying as far away as possible from the sam Darnold or baker mayfield extensions because none of those guys have elite trades and for five million dollars for carolina yeah it's good for this year but like going forward i don't know but then it makes me feel like Seattle, who's now being tied to Jimmy G. Those talks are starting to warm up. Um, I've been hearing rumors about that Seattle might they might pull the trigger on Garoppolo before the season. But if they don't, like their strategy makes the most sense to me. Just like, yeah, tank. we're gonna roll out Drew Locke. We're gonna roll out Gino. 
Geno Smith. Yeah. And we're happy winning less than five games. I mean, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. The coaches and the players still want to win. I don't. I don't think that players and coaches are actively tanking. But I think the front office the just management. understands, like, okay, we're gonna roll a product out this year that's yeah gonna be subpar, but we're gonna go get a guy next year. Yeah. Like the worst case scenario for Carolina might be rolling out Baker Mayfield, and he's better than Darnold, and they win six games, seven games. And yeah. now you're drafting like ninth. Yeah, that's not a great spot. No. Uh, mm. Yeah, you don't want to be in the middle. You either want to be really good and make the playoffs, or you want to tank. Yeah, like the worst five. case scenario would be getting like pick twelve. Yeah, that's terrible, especially in this draft where there could be four or five quarterbacks in the top ten. Or, or maybe it is a good draft. I don't, I don't know. I guess it goes both ways. I mean, Mac Jones fell to fifteen, and Mac Jones. Well, he was. I'm just saying he was probably the yeah. best rookie quarterback last year. Yeah, definitely. And he went last. Yeah. So, all right. One fun fact on this, and we'll move on. Baker Mayfield drafted number one overall in the 2018 draft. Sam Darnold drafted number three overall in that yeah. same draft. So, and know, now they're on the same team. You know what the second pick was? No, I don't remember from that draft. Was it Saquon? No. Uh, no, Saquon was four, wasn't Who's he? Who's second? Hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Saquon, dude. And then Quentin Nelson was like fourth. Um, you are correct. Because the Dave Gettleman. Baker, Saquon. Dave Gettleman passed on Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson to get Saquon. Yeah, so you got Baker, Saquon, Darnold, Denzel Ward. Nice pick. Bradley Chubb, nice pick. Oh, then Nelson went like sixth at the Colts. Quentin Nelson, and then Josh Allen seventh, and then Josh Rosen ninth. Ooh, Josh Rosen. You know they need to sign Josh Rosen. The Panthers just get a collective like. <laughs> we are gonna have every QB remaining quarterback reunion. from 2018. Yeah, just get a little reunion down in Charlotte. I wouldn't be opposed to it. The end of that draft. Lamar Jackson, 32. Yeah, but I'm just saying it was stacked at the back half of round one. So starting with, let's stay starting with. We're deep diving here. Yeah, we are. Sorry. <laughs> uh, pick 17, Derwin James, stud. Oh, yeah. Jair, Jair Alexander, stud. Yeah. Uh, Frank Ragnow's had a nice career in Detroit. Pro Bowl center. Um. Hayden Hurst in Baltimore, solid. Calvin Ridley, minus the stupid gambling thing, was, mm-hmm. you know, a stud. Um, and then, yeah, Lamar. And then Nick Chubb and Darius Leonard yeah. went very early in round two. It's a nice draft class. Yeah, for sure. I think Rashawn Gary's in that class too, right? Um, he went like 12th. No. No? 2019. Because this was the year they drafted Jair. Jair. Oh, yeah, because Gary and Savage were the same draft. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. My mistake. So, all right. Well, that concludes our 2018 draft recap. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens down in Carolina. So, let's stay in this Browns area, and let's talk to Sean. Um, The news coming out is that for his case, 
first of all, the NFL has the burden of proof here. Yeah. They must prove by a preponderance of the evidence, so basically more than 50% that he did some sort of misconduct. Based on that standard, they're down to four key witnesses. So of the 22-plus women who've come forward, I don't, did that go up to 24 yet? I thought it was 26. 26. Out of all those women, yeah, four have enough evidence or testimony to meet that burden of proof. That's a lot less than 26. Remember when I when we had this conversation like three weeks ago and I said, is there a number the NFL is going to be okay with? Like, well, it's not 22. It's only like five. So I, you're not that bad. I think we're getting there. I, I, exactly. I, I told you this was going to happen. <laughs> well, it's only four. So yeah, like, it's only four that have a legitimate claim. It's only four. So like, dude, you know, six games sounds great. I mean, if it was, you know, 14, ah, well, indefinitely. But four? You ruined four people's lives? Yeah, okay. Mm. I don't know. That's just me, man. <laughs> One's too many in my book, but who am I? Well, and if it's truly down to four, unfortunately for like this quasi-legal process, because again, it's not a true legal process. It's not. This is not a court of law, but it's the NFL court of law. Yeah. Like of those four that the NFL thinks there's enough evidence, is the arbitrator going to agree with them? Mm-hmm. So it might really be down to like one or two. Again, yeah. one's too many to me, man. I hear you. I but, hear you. I'm just but saying. But the NFL and their greed to win is like, Ugh. only one? All right. I think you're all right. Six games sounds good. Uh, yeah. I, I. You know what's going to happen? I've gone so far before you say what's going to happen. Yeah. I've gone so back and forth where it's like, no, he's like six games feels right based on precedent. And then I was like, no, it's dude, it's got to be at least a year. I think I'm back to six games. You know what's going to happen? My prediction. This is all, all going to play out here, right? And it's going to be like August. And the NFL is going to come down with a decision like, all right, you know, there's only four women, and this is our case, and this is what our suspension is going to be. It's going to be six games, right? Mm-hmm. New York Times is going to be like, 24 hours, we're going to drop another story on you and see how you feel in 24 hours from now. A little egg on the face, kind of like a Ray Rice thing. Yeah. All over again. So they better get this right. Or they're going to have another thing where, you know, Ray Rice suspended two games for punching a woman in the face. 24 hours later, a nice little video cam is out there of Ray Rice slogging some woman, his fiance, and dragging her through an elevator. It's going to be the same type of situation, and the NFL better get it right, or they're going to have egg in their face again. So here's the thing. Unless, I I don't disagree with you on your timeline of events or what the story will be. I think that's going to happen no matter what. Because if, if they do six games, like the outrage is going to be, it's going to be up there regardless. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the the Ray Rice story, when that video came out, like... He was immediately blackballed. Yes, rightfully so. Unless there's video evidence or some sort of document, I mean... It can't just be another witness coming forward. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not saying it's another witness. I'm saying the New York Times is probably sitting on some evidence that they've collected because, let's face it, the the Browns nor the NFL really did their due diligence on, on any of this. And you had a New York Times reporter kind of just walk into Houston and being like, hey, what can I find? Found all this dirt about a month ago. Yeah. Published it. And now we're all, we found out all these facts, what, you know, a year after they all happened. 
but none of the Cleveland Browns, you know, their army of lawyers and investigators couldn't find any of it. Yeah. Um, they didn't look too hard. They weren't looking for it. So, yeah, exactly. So I'm saying, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, my firm belief is that one of these art, uh, you know, New York Times or Washington Post or one of these guys, they have another article that is ready to drop at a moment's notice when, if and when the NFL botches this whole thing. Yes, well, all I'm saying is in the court of public opinion, like if a story drops and like the New York Times has like four new mm-hmm. witnesses that come forward or, or whatever it might be, if it's just another story, I don't know if it raises the public outrage meter. What if it's another story and then saying like the Houston Texans facilitated the whole thing? Like, that has nothing to do with the Browns. I know, but it's going to flare everything up. And it doesn't have to no, it has to do with Sean Watson. Yes, but for, okay, let's we there's multiple parties here. Yeah. That will impact the NFL. Yeah. And then I would start to think that other teams are going to be shaking in their boots. The Commanders and the Cowboys specifically because they've yeah. had similar But problems. I'm saying what if there's a story that comes out, you know, August 15th after the, you know, the jury comes out and says it's only six games and there's an inflammatory piece that comes out like a high prof- uh high profile thing like, you know, that already came out. The Houston Texans uh, supplied NDAs, right? What if there's a, another inflammatory story like that that comes out after their decision mm-hmm. against Deshaun Washington, uh, Deshaun Watson? Well, it's, it's going to be. I think the thing with Deshaun is really no matter what happens, this is going to be a black cloud over his career forever, and I think media outlets will go after him like this story is never going to die and if he gets six games because it's going to happen right before training camp it's going to happen or right after the decision is announced it's going to happen during training camp and it's certainly another story is going to drop right before he comes back to play yeah i just like if he gets a six game suspension and just more bad press comes out about him i don't know like i think the ray rice thing was so bad because you could see it mm-hmm. with your own eyes. Yes. If something like that were to happen, where there's a text message thread or a, you know, some sort of hard evidence that the public gets their eyes on and goes like, "Oh wow," I mean, not to. It's, they do have they do have Facebook Messenger texts that go back and forth and saying, "Hey, I can ruin you. What are you doing? You're famous. Stop doing this." Like they yeah. have, they have those texts. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it would have to be something above and beyond what we've already seen, I think, to raise the outrage meter. I guess. Well, it's TBD, I guess. We'll find out. Goodell said they're going to issue their decision here before August 1st. Good. Two weeks? All right. So we should know more in 17, 18 days. I don't know. It just it goes back to, like, ask me again next week. Maybe I'll be back up to a year. But I just feel like this is going to be... I'm still on the I'm still on the indefinite suspension bandwagon. Twenty six is such a high number. Yeah, I mean one's too high, but twenty six. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and sixty six total, but only twenty six lawsuits. The other thing too with Deshaun is there's a handful of these uh, women who are not going to settle. Like I think he's settled like over twenty of the cases. Yeah, there's only four left that haven't settled. But if that goes to trial, that's all public. Yeah, and then. That like I said, that's like this story's not going away. And the original girl, I forgot her name, but she's she's the one out of the four that haven't settled. So, yeah, I'm very, very uh, interested to see how their civil suit is going to play out. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Okay. <sighs> Staying in the AFC North, last current events topic, and then we'll talk some fantasy. Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> One of our favorite quarterbacks on the show. He's such a polarizing figure, I feel like. Uh, he changed his Instagram name or profile picture to, and I quote, I need money. He then later came out and said this has nothing to do with his contract negotiations, of course. Everybody was reading too much into it. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting thing because Baltimore has been trying to back up the Brinks truck to his house for the last year and a half. Yeah. And he's been the one that's been patient. And I think yep. rightfully so. His I value's agree. only gone up thanks to Deshaun Watson and some of these other quarterback deals that have gotten done. Yep. So it's kind of interesting that he's the one kind of poking the bear here. I don't know what else he needs to see, but apparently the offer from Baltimore is not high enough. Nothing's going to be high enough right now. I mean, you're probably staring down the barrel at like a Patrick Mahomes type 10-year, $500 million contract. Wouldn't you think? So in the world of the NFL and with how high, like with their revenue stream only going up, we still don't have a uh, – Sunday ticket deal, we like some of these things we still don't have. My advice to a guy like Lamar is don't sign that 10-year deal. I yeah. think I think Mahomes made a huge mistake. I think so too. Now, it's just I guess it depends on your your version of mistake. I mean, for Mahomes, he's going to have 500 million dollars. Like how how much yeah. how much do you right. need? By the same time, that's, if that's you a, that's a team-friendly deal by the way. It's a huge team-friendly <laughs> deal. <laughs> and a lot of it's deferred into later years and they can restructure that. It Kelsey did the same thing. Yeah. And, like, I get it. They want to win Super Bowls, and that's the way to do it. But, like, Kelsey's now going to be 34, and he hasn't even gotten to his big money years, and he can get cut. Mm-hmm. That's a scary spot to yeah. be. So, like, I think a guy like Lamar, like, let's get a four-year deal. Let's have in the contract that they can't franchise tag us. And then in three years, let's go through this again because by then quarterbacks might be making $60 million a year. Right. It's only going to go up, and you're seeing all these other quarterbacks that aren't on, like, I mean, his level, I guess, getting paid. So, the, you know, Deshaun Watson got paid $230 million, and he's got all these civil suits it's in the same division. So he's going to look at that, tell his mom to say, hey, I don't have all these civil suits. I have an MVP, same division, rival um, in the division. Um, I should be paid more than Deshaun Watson. Um Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, um, who, uh, Kyler Murray's on the verge of getting paid. Uh, um, Josh Dak, Allen just Dak got Prescott, paid. Dak Prescott. Uh, all these guys getting paid. So the price point is just increasing exponentially. Like, you know, by next year, we might be at, looking at like $48, $49 million average for these quarterbacks. Because right now I think it's like 40 to 44 Well, if you, it depends on how you average it out. But, I mean, uh, Aaron's over 50 Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is right at 50. And you're looking at Derek Carr's at 40, Dak Prescott's at 40. So if you're thinking he's between somewhere between Aaron Rodgers and, and you know Dak Prescott, you're saying 45 is baseline. So if you have you know Baltimore backed up against the wall and they're looking either a franchise tag or letting you walk, you're shooting for 55 and then you're coming back down to 50 is my thing. So my baseline's forty five. I'm gonna ask for fifty five a year, and they're gonna balk at that, and you know, meet in the middle at fifty. 
I'm good with that. Do like a you know five year, two hundred and fifty million dollar contract, fully guaranteed. Man, for a guy that can't throw and it can only run, and if his knee blows out, good luck. So that's why I mentioned like one of the <laughs> most polarizing figures because on Twitter, as like this news was breaking out, like it was all over the place. People love Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they point to his unanimous MVP year. Yeah. And they look at like certain metrics, like throwing outside the pocket, and like yeah. he does have intangibles that other quarterbacks don't. His legs are a weapon that even guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and some yeah, of those other he's more, by far the most electric runner. It's you know this side of Michael Vick. Michael Vick, I was just gonna say that, and probably has the ability to be a better passer than Michael Vick. Maybe Vick at the end was very very good. Yes, and that's where Lamar needs to get. Yeah. Consistently. Yes. I mean, his MVP year was incredible. Yeah. But he can't, like, if I'm Baltimore, I, I'm just, I'm terrified of paying a guy $50 million who's going to throw 17 touchdowns and 13 picks. <laughs> yeah, man, I I, would, I do not want to make this decision. This is just, uh, God, I'd be, like, for lack of a better term, shit myself for even looking at this on paper, five years, 250-ish maybe. Mm-hmm. Good lord, for a guy that maybe can't throw, maybe, like, or he could be a guy who throws almost forty touchdowns and runs for a thousand yards, which is what he did two years ago, three years ago now. Yeah, but that season, like, look, that season was phenomenal for him, unanimous MVP. But he had probably one of the best offensive lines, great running game. He could easily play action pass, and guys were flying wide open all over the field, mm-hmm. wide open. You know, now teams got more accustomed to him. They're playing more tight man coverage, and we broke it down. We did in the AFC North. He was like one of the worst man coverage beaters for, as a quarterback position in the last three years. Last year, yeah. How are you a mobile quarterback and you are getting destroyed by man coverage? That is a huge red flag. Yeah, because usually teams don't want to play man. Because exactly, because they're scared run. of you running the ball. So you can't beat the man. They're playing man anyways. Uh, that's a big red flag. Uh, if you're not accurate, you can't get the ball. You can't throw a slant. I mean, that's one of the basic things in football is just, you know, a slant pattern. Most of his stuff is all off of play action, sucking those linebackers and, you know, hitting that, you know, 15 to 20 intermediate range to Mark Andrews. Um, and then the long ball to Hollywood Brown. So we'll see who kind of steps into that role. Maybe it'll be Rashad Bateman. Um, but we'll see. He doesn't have the pinpoint accuracy of these top guys that are getting forty-five plus million dollars. Like, not even close. Yeah, he's the most electric runner in the league, and that's why he's even getting paid. But if you're going to pay him, you're essentially saying you're paying a running back forty-five million dollars. Yeah, terrifying. He could be Cam Newton by the time he's thirty. He could be done. I think when Cam Newton went, he went fast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a case to be made that it's the right thing for both parties to do is to wait another year, wait till the end of the season. There's no way they're going to let Lamar walk. He means too much to that franchise. But you so can tag him. I know you can tag him, but that's not the best thing for your, the Ravens side. They want to sign him as, <coughs> as soon as possible because they want to try and save a few bucks. If he comes out and throws and, and is like a you know 12 game winner and is like a top five MVP candidate. Good luck, dude. Yeah, but it makes me feel better. Then I have no problems th- throwing the the house at him. Even if he wins one playoff game, maybe. Yeah. yeah it, oh my god, that y- no. You have to. I mean, you have to. I don't feel good about it. 
I wouldn't feel like, oh man, I feel great about this deal. I would feel better about spending $50 million on a guy who's back in the MVP discussion than I would for a guy who's coming off the season he had last year. But like, I feel like the only re- reason why he's ever in the MVP discussion is because of his, his legs. And I don't want my quarterback even having the opportunity to rush for 1,200 yards. But then if that's the case, you need to just move on from him. I, I would do that. I would quietly i wouldn't you know give it out to you know adam schefter i would i would deny it to the death but i'd say lamar's on the block but i would deny it to the death we are listening to offers call me but don't call me god if he hit any sort of open market yeah uh, the the deshaun watson deal would look cute (laughs) if you had three or four teams right now any any high profile guy you know yeah. if aaron Rodgers would have hit the market i mean it wouldn't have been a long-term deal but i would have been like yeah uh, you know if denver say denver san fran and you know we'll say you know, a dark horse team x were all in uh as aaron Rodgers sweepstakes he could easily have gotten three for 150 on the open market even probably more well, he got it in green bay i know it'd probably be three for I mean, he'd be 55 million a year yeah exactly so like these teams will pay high profile, high you know octane quarterbacks. They will pay that. There's always a market for that because that's what wins the NFL. You need a franchise guy. Lamar is just such. He's such a polarizing figure because of the so whole un, in, unconventional, unconventional uh, style he's got and the high risk for injury. I think for him, like he could be RG three, like. Tears ACL be. and then never really play again. That is a, a it's a non-zero chance. Hmm. Sure. He could also be an MVP this year. RG three one rookie of the year over Andrew Luck. I mean, there's yeah. two sides of the coin. You know, mm-hmm. it's are you going to take a fifty fifty bet? At this point, I think it's a fifty fifty bet. But if you have a quarterback, it's such an interesting question. If he does, let's say he, like he has he they win twelve games, thirteen games, and he is MVP. Yeah, you have a quarterback who, in his first five seasons, has won two MVPs. Right. I don't think anybody else has ever done that in their first five seasons. Probably not. Patrick Mahomes probably came close, but yeah. And he got ten for five hundred. Yeah, but he's got a ring. <laughs> he's got some bling on him. I hear you. Lamar's got. Uh, one playoff win. So that's my thing is like, yeah, your game's cool for the regular season. He's the Russell Westbrook of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> to me, honestly, he is the Russell Westbrook of the NBA. Great regular season guy. Yeah. Terrible, terrible everything else. Wow. And as we talked about when we did our conference breakdowns, I don't know like what that offense is going to look like this year. Like does Bateman take a huge jump up? Well, we'll get to it when we get to our quarterback tiers. That's what would scare me yeah. more than anything, and that has really nothing to do with Lamar, but it's going to impact in, impact his ability to get paid. Right. All right. Good stuff. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some fantasy football. We're going to start with quarterbacks, since we that's what we were talking about all day anyway. Um, you have on here some tiers. Yeah, I had to put these guys in tiers. So you have seven tiers. You want to start from the bottom or work up, or where do you want to go? We got a total of seven tiers. We got seven tiers. Um, Build a little suspense? Sure. We'll we'll start from the bottom. All right. 
So you have what you call free agent fodder. So guys that you would predict to not get drafted. Yeah, guys I w- probably wouldn't even really want on my roster. They're going to be waiver wire pickups. Yeah. Or a guy you have to pick up because you drafted two quarterbacks on the same bye week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, don't do that. <laughs> um, all right, so you got Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, and then Geno Smith and or Drew Locke, depending yeah. who's starting there. All right, let's start first with Deshaun. Yeah, let's let's get critical here. <clears throat> if he is only suspended for six games, yeah, does that change his tier? Uh, okay, me personally, I don't want to have to start a maybe a alleged sexual assaulter on my team. <laughs> So I would stay away from him in, just in general. But if you're that guy that wants to take a chance on Deshaun Watson, I can move him up probably in a couple of tiers into like an upside guy tier. I think if he gets a six-game suspension, that's where it lands. I would say in more than 75 to 80% of leagues, he gets drafted. Probably. Someone will pick him up 10th round or later just to have him. Just to have him in case he pops. Mm-hmm. So – me, I'm not touching him. But if you want to touch him, I would say probably as my he'd probably when he does play, if he plays, when he plays, he'll probably be a top ten quarterback, week in week out, mm-hmm. just with his talent. And then he's got Amari Cooper, he's got a good offensive line, Nick Chubb. So I mean, he's a top ten play when he plays. I'm just not touching him right now. You don't know if he's going to be suspended for two games or indefinitely. So that's probably my biggest reason why I put him in the free agent fodder. But with the added the whole like stigma around Deshaun Watson. I personally don't even want to like start that guy on my fantasy team, much less call him a franchise quarterback in the league. Well, and he, he hasn't played in two years. Two years. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like when whenever he does get back on the field. All right, these other guys. Ugh, yeah. Okay. Mariota, who's been fighting for a job his entire career in Atlanta. Yeah. Mariota reunites with Arthur Smith. Got that uh, Tennessee Titan background. Yeah. But. So, yeah, he didn't do like, much Tennessee. No, no, these guys are not very exciting. These guys are the guys you do not want. Daniel Jones probably has the most upside of the of these guys in this category. I would say. You know, another guy who I do think has some upside would be Goff. Hmm. I just I feel like the he's got some decent weapons like Amon St. Brown. We'll see what Jameson Williams can look like. Yeah. Post ACL. Hawkinson. Hawkinson, who's like a mediocre quarterback's best friend. Yeah. And they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. Yeah. So, of this list here, I think I would probably go with Jared Goff as the. Jared Goff's probably your favorite. Favorite. All right, I can probably get behind that. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Goff or Daniel Jones. Just Jones got so many. He's got so many weapons, and he's been so bad. I feel like he's got to be better. Like he's hit rock bottom. He's like got. He's, he's got a nowhere to go. A new head coach. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge year for him personally. Yeah. Like, if he can't do it this year, he's going to be getting the Mitch Trubisky treatment where he's probably making $3 million next year as a backup. Right. Daniel Jones, he's got, like, that same type of, like, athletic profile as Josh Allen, and he's got Josh Allen's ex-offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, I mean, if this is the year for him to pop, you know, he's got to do it now. He's got, you know, Brian Dable, he's got to work his magic. So, if he – yeah, like I say, if he doesn't do anything this year, he's looking at a backup job for for yep. the rest of his tenure. Agreed. Okay. Anything else on your tier seven? No, that's about it. 
All right, tier six. Uh, QB twos you got listed. There's three of them here. Wentz, Mayfield, and Tannehill. Yeah, so these are guys I, I would feel comfortable rostering, but only as my, like, designated like second quarterback in case my guy gets my main guy gets hurt yeah or he need, uh, or bye week whatever yeah um you know baker we talked about he's he's gonna have to learn quick and he's still fighting for a job Tannehill is interesting because i feel like Tannehill can throw for three touchdowns and 280 yards in any given week yeah he can also throw for 130 and two picks yes so he, I've had him because I've had AJ Brown and yeah. try and pair those two up. And he's it's, also got some rushing upside. He does, especially on the goal line, which is interesting considering they have Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's a guy that I think I've been burned too many times that I, I don't think <laughs> I would want him even in an emergency capacity. It, right, right. Wentz is the interesting one here. Okay, can he finally put it all together? And historically, his numbers are, like, remarkably consistent. Yeah. Where it's, like, 27 touchdowns, 7 picks, which from a fantasy standpoint, I don't, you care less if the commanders win a game, but from a fantasy standpoint, those are decent QB2 numbers. Right. And he's probably got the best supporting cast of his career around him. He's got, you know, Terry McLaurin. They just drafted Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel's still there. Um, Logan Thomas at tight end. Yeah. Um, he might be playing with the best running back of his career. Um, well, sorry. Barring Jonathan Taylor, um, Antonio Gibson probably the best running back he had in, um, versus the Philadelphia running backs. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he's got some weapons there. He's got a decent offensive line, so he he could make some noise some weeks. You know, uh, you know, two fifty with like three touchdowns with zero picks type things. So yeah, I I wouldn't mind rostering Carson Wentz, but again, none of these guys I feel comfortable being my week in week out starter. Um. Yeah, I mean, right. But Wentz would be, I think, my favorite of that tier. All right, tier five. And you have all of the year two quarterbacks. There's just, they're so, yeah, this this year's, this tier is called year two quarterbacks. They're all like kind of bunched together because all of them didn't really stand out last year, like fantasy wise. So they're all kind of dart throws. So out of the Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Justin Fields, who's your favorite dart throw here? These are like penny stocks. If if Garoppolo gets traded, yeah. it's Trey Lance. I totally agree. And it's agree. not even close, in my opinion. If Garoppolo is on that roster, I think it means that Jimmy Garoppolo is starting week one. And that... And then, to be honest, I don't want to touch any of them. But if you're like, no, you have to pick one, I'm probably going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Interesting. Why? Um, I think the Doug Peterson hire is good for him. I agree. They invested in that offensive line. You know, we can argue about whether the investment was <laughs> valued, but they're, they're trying. They – brought in Christian Kirk and again we can argue about whether that was a good contract or not but like I feel like they're tr they're at least trying to put the pieces around Trevor to succeed y you know Mac Jones I don't know what the hell New England's gonna look like they traded Nikhil Harry oh um, shucks I know <laughs> but I mean he was a I think they were like a top 15 offense though last year though, honestly sure it was more run and play action but they were a top 15 offense last year I think we talked about this when we did the AFC East. I don't know how they're going to score. 
I can't name. I don't think I can name a wide receiver that plays for the New England Patriots. Jacoby Myers. Oh yeah, I mean it would take Devontae Parker. Time. Parker, that's the one because yeah. of the Miami trade. And and then you got the two tight ends. I think they're trying to like recreate Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, but neither of Hunter Henry or yeah. um, the other Johnny guy, Smith. Johnny Smith. Um, are those guys? So like I don't like. I just worry about them scoring. Zach Wilson, I have a very strict never draft a New York Jet rule. Ouch. Um, Sorry, Jets. Yeah. Justin Fields, we've talked. I don't even think it has anything to do with Justin Fields. The Bears, like I've done that guy, no no favors. You got Mooney. You got Velas Jones, who's like a third-round draft pick this year. He's like 26 years old. Uh, <laughs> Cole Komet, who's like a nice tight end, but okay. Yeah. Right. And an offensive line that is a sieve. What if Justin Fields rushes for like 750 yards? He's going to run for 750 yards per game, just running sideline to <laughs> sideline, trying not to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ouch. <laughs> I, I just, like, I, I'm not going to touch him. Davis Mills is interesting to me. Okay. He's your guy. I feel like he's kind of, kind of become your guy this he's, year. He has become my guy this year. I would buy stock in him. Um, Cooks is good for a thousand yards. Yeah, he's a bucket. Yep, um, which means that Mills has to throw for at least a thousand yards. Oh, at least a thousand. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. very, very low bar here, very low threshold. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I think he's, I think he's a nice quarterback. But then again, like Houston, like they're gonna have games where they score three points a game too. Three. Ouch. You don't think you don't think so? Are they gonna get like shut out a couple times this year? I don't think so. I didn't say shut out. I said three points. Three points. Three points is. Like <laughs> 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 All right. Fair enough. All right. Um. So I think like of this list, if Trey Lance is starting week one, I think he's got very high upside. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably go Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, then probably Mac Jones and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are on a strict. Like I will get my draft sheet and those two names will be crossed out before the draft even begins. Wow. You know, I'm kind of buying real estate in Zach Wilson Island. You have been. So my Davis Mills is your Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah. We want to make a bet on this? Who has a better fantasy year? Yeah. Sure. We'll buy each other a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Jersey of your choice. Sounds good. Well, um, Zach Wilson versus Davis Mills, baby. I'm going to make you buy me a Davis Mills jersey. Oh, sweet. We'll <laughs> <laughs> scour the earth for one of those. Yeah. All right, cool. But, okay, so Zach Wilson, he's got, you know, he's, he's in year two, obviously. He's got Brees Hall, Michael Carter, got a decent backfield there. Yeah. He gets Mackay Becton back, who didn't have, like, all of last year. Um, they drafted Garrett Wilson. Drafted Garrett Wilson. You know, Corey Davis comes back year two. He's healthy now. Um, Elijah Moore is in year two. He's yep. a, he's a breakout candidate. So I think there's some some pop there with the, with the Zach Wilson led offense. His defense. I mean, I'm looking for for guys honestly that have um, decent offenses with just horrible defenses because the game strip's going to be in their favor, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't see Zach Wilson and the Jets ever putting up three points a game like. At least they're putting up two touchdowns. They do have probably the best supporting cast that this Jets team has had probably since they went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, with Mark but, Sanchez? Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's just, it comes down to what do you think Zach Wilson is? Not that I've watched a ton of Jets games, but I just, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, he, he might have the best of this list. He might have the best supporting cast. Uh, I'm gonna push back and say Trey Lance. He's, he's got, got Kittle and, and Kittle. Yeah, yeah. But then I think second is Zach Wilson, honestly. And then third would probably be Trevor Lawrence, just because you know New England's done Mac Jones no favors. Same thing with Houston and and Chicago. They really haven't done anything offensively to like you know say wow. Yeah. You know at least Trevor Lawrence he got Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk and and you know Travis Etienne comes back healthy. But and uh, Marvin Jones. Ooh, Marvin Jones. Yeah, he's Mister Reliable. I mean, he's a thirty-year-old wide receiver that just produces. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, can't knock Marvin Jones. Uh, but yeah, I think Zach Wilson. He's got the opportunity to explode here. We'll see what he does with it. Trey Lance is like I think he could be like a league winner if someone you know takes him in round fifteen and he kind of explodes and you know throws for thirty-five hundred yards and, and you know around a thousand rush yards you know, five, six, seven rush touchdowns to go along with it. You know, he could be a top 10 quarterback. Mm. Interesting. All right. Uh, this is like the most questionable tier. I knew you were going to love this tier. Just the name of it. So, so this, is your, <laughs> this is your tier four, and you've named it the Toyota Camry tier. Yes, sir. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list these names, and then I, I need you to explain yourself. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Matt Ryan. So I call this the Toyota Camry tier. Toyota Camry is the most reliable car I think I know. <laughs> they are these are the most reliable fantasy quarterbacks. They're not going to wow you this year. Aaron Rodgers is MVP, but he's like QB eleven, honestly. He's got no wide receivers. He's not. He has like no rushing upside. Like of the guys we're going to name later here, he's not beating them on paper in August here to be drafted ahead of them. Tom Brady, same thing. He's not. He has no rushing upside. So, so you wait. Hold on. I, I just need to. I want to comprehend this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are Mister Reliable. This is Mister Reliable. Like, you, I could start these guys. I'm not saying they're trash, but these are but, like your. They will get you from point A to point B. They are reliable and they will not break down. So are you saying so you would draft your tier three guys above your tier four guys? We'll get to that. We'll okay. Get to that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because that, when I'm looking at this list on paper, I have some serious question marks. No, no, no. It's this. Uh, the tier three, tier four is kind of a, it, it, yeah, it's kind of like meshed a little bit. But we'll, anyways. Okay. So with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Matt Ryan, you kind of know what you're getting. You're going to get a reliable like 250 to 300 yards per game. There's not going to be any 150-yard three interceptions, zero touchdown games from any of these guys. Matt Ryan's probably the most questionable, but Matt Ryan has MVP on his mantle. He gets into probably his best offense he's had in like the last five years. He gets Jonathan Taylor. You know, he's got Quentin Nelson. He's got uh, Michael Pittman's going to break out candidate. He's got a stable organization there. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get you a decent numbers. Dak Prescott, same thing. That offense is built around the pass. You got C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, uh, Jalen Tolbert they just drafted. Your boy Dalton Schultz is there. So, like, these guys are all reliable. I wouldn't say any of these guys are, like, high upside where they could be QB1s. 
like overall. Um, but they are definitely like top ten ish quarterbacks. So if I had to start one of these four, I'm I'm fine with it, but I'm not expecting greatness out of any of them. So let's talk about Rodgers and Brady specifically. Sure. Just because they are probably the two biggest names. Yeah. And when you get into fantasy football drafts, depending on the sophistication of your league, yeah. bigger names tend to go maybe a little bit earlier than they should. Yeah. So with these, you're talking in your rating system, quarterbacks that are like probably 8 to 12? Yeah. What does that mean from a round standpoint? Like where, if Aaron Rodgers is staring at you around 5, you pull the trigger? No, no, no. I'm not, drafting, like I'm seven, not drafting eight? a running back or running back. I'm not drafting a quarterback until I'm probably the last one drafting a quarterback. So I'm looking like round ten plus, honestly. For these guys or in general? In general. But if the if Josh Allen will probably go like round four, round five. In a regular league. Right? I think you're giving other fantasy football players a lot of if you draft Credit. Josh, if you draft the quarterback in round two, you're probably not going to do great in your league. I yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. You need yeah. to load up on the other positions. There's so many quarterbacks. We can just we can just run down the list here. Well, There's let's like let's 13 just, quarterbacks. Let's that, just start with Allen though. Okay. Because I, I do think there are two or three quarterbacks that if someone did it, I I'd be like, eh, maybe a little early for me, but I get it. Yeah. Allen would be one of them, just because of his legs. Like you're drafting like the elite guys just for comfort, just think. All right, I got Josh Allen. I'm comfortable with that. I know what he's gonna do. But if you're gonna pay a price of round two for Josh Allen, you're skipping guys like Nick Chubb, like Joe Mixon, like Aaron Jones. Like you're skipping those guys when there's, you know, Josh Allen is in the same you know position class as like say your boy Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins could statistically like passing wise do just as well as him he could throw for 4500 yards he could throw for 35 touchdowns you know 13 ish interceptions like that's a great year and there's mm-hmm. so many good quarterbacks out there nowadays that picking an elite guy very high in the draft isn't going to separate you from the rest of the 10 or 12 other guys in your league but if you pick that running back or that wide receiver that's going to separate you from like wide receiver two and three on other guys teams so okay. if you're going to spend all the draft capital on a quarterback that high, you know you better be sure, one, that he's going to be stable like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes. And two, you better know that you need to hit some guys later in the draft that you need, you need to catch up on. Yeah. So if I'm drafting Aaron Rodgers, I'm not drafting him until like QB 10, honestly. Same thing with Tom Brady. Like, yeah, they're, they're great quarterbacks, but fantasy-wise – they're another year older. They both lost weapons. Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin. We don't know when Chris Godwin's coming back. Um, Brady's schedule is going to be significantly harder this year. Aaron Rodgers, the same, but again, no Devontae Adams. So are you are you going to predict another MVP-type season from Aaron Rodgers with no Devontae Adams? I'm not so sure. Like, it's going to be very, very hard. Mm-hmm. So... To me, going back to it, I think the Toyota Camry tier of the Rodgers, Brady, Prescott, Ryan, these these four guys, I'm totally okay with starting week in, week out, having on my roster, but I'm not going to pay a premium for them. 
they're just reliable to me and they'll get me from point A to point B and they'll just produce. But I'm not looking for them to be a top five quarterback on the year. Okay. Um, I'm going to save my comments until we get a couple tiers up. Sure. All right. So let's go to tier three. You have this labeled as upside guys. Yes. We so got Derek. This, this doesn't mean I'm rating them necessarily above, above. tier four, yep. but these are just guys I classify as upside. Okay. Where they, they could, they could high risk, high reward. Exactly. Like these are guys that I could definitely see being like top five quarterbacks. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so Derek Carr, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Tua, and Jameis. What are your thoughts initially? Um, so of this list, I like Derek Carr. You know, you know me and Kirk. I like yeah. Kirk. I know your, your ears peer, peaked up when I said Kirk Cousins. It's like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that Justin Jefferson connection is just there. And like yeah. in a league like ours where you get bonus points for long touchdowns. Yes. Like Justin Jefferson's good for three or four of those a year. Yeah. So for clarification, uh, mine and Alex's league, points for long touchdowns and six point per touchdown, no matter if it's passing, throwing, rushing, whatever. Yep. Um, and you, and yeah, and you get the bonus for the, for anything longer than 40 yards. Yeah. So for that alone, Kirk Cousins has some additional value. And Kirk Cousins, he gets, you know, Kevin O'Connell coming from the Rams. He's got that offense now. Mm-hmm. He's got Jettas. He's got Adam Thielen, Herb Smith Jr. at tight end. He's a breakout candidate. He's got one of the top five backs in football on Dallin yep. Cook. Yep. Um, yes. So I, I like Kirk Cousins. I think Carr and Cousins could like be arguably either in your next tier or even in the tier below. Okay. So they have I think those two have high upsides with relatively low risk. Like I, I don't see Kirk Cousins like throwing twenty touchdowns and fifteen picks. No, I don't see that either. Some of these other guys I could see that. That's why they're upside. Yes, I know. That's why I'm saying. But that's why I'm saying. Like if they hit their ceiling, they could be league winners for you. That's why I'm saying. I think you could move cousins and car around on your list here. These other guys are true, like lottery tickets. Yes. Um, Let's start with Jalen Hurts. He's got toys. Yeah. You know the AJ Brown trade, um, Devonta Smith. Yep, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's got some, and he's in a, he's basically in his version of a contract year. Yes. Um, the Eagles have done a ton, so now they just got to put it all together. Of Hurts, Tua, and Jameis, I think Jalen Hurts would be my favorite of that list. Of which three? Hurts, Tua, and Jameis Winston. Okay. I think Hurts would be my favorite. Yeah. Tua, to me, though, has the highest potential. Interesting. Not Carr? Or just of those three? Of those three. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm still on the Jalen Hurts train there. Um, Again, I don't know what to expect out of Tua. Yeah. But with Waddle and Hill and a new offensive-minded head coach, like when you have two guys that can probably run sub-4-3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you throw in Gasecki, who's like this weird wide receiver tight end. They also have the fastest running back in the league on their team, too, and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, uh, coming off a knee. Sure. So we'll see if he's still the – but, yeah. yes. 
like their ability to spread the field and stress defenses yeah is there now can Tua put the ball where it needs to be is his hip healthy what is i mean so you would take Tua over hertz if you had to if you're looking for an upside lottery ticket if if i already have a quarterback that i'm comfortable with yeah yes i would take Tua. if i am not drafting a quarterback till late and it's hertz or Tua, i'm probably going hertz because i i feel like he's got rushing upside though playing the odds i think hertz like if you did a simulation of a hundred seasons, Hertz is probably going to outscore Tua like sixty percent of the time. Yeah, but I feel like in that other forty percent, like Tua's ceiling could be just through the roof, just based on his. What do you weapon. think his ceiling is, like statistically wise, like forty five hundred yards? Yeah, and I think he could wow. throw for like forty touchdowns. Wow. I think that offense could be like they have the weapons for that weapon to be up like that offense to be up and down the field. I feel like they could push the pace. Yeah. Really stress defenses out. And and like he doesn't even need to throw like 40-yard post routes. It's going to be just like get the ball out of his hands, yeah. let Hill and Waddle and these other guys do their thing. But shit, he could throw the ball 30 35 times, a couple hundred yards, three four touchdowns. Like I feel like they're going to use the short passing game as their running game. I, I totally agree. It's going to be a lot of RPOs, bubble screens, yep. short stuff, and then it's going to be like let's get the ball in those guys' hands and let them go. Yeah, yeah. So from a fantasy quarterback standpoint, like every time it's first and goal from the seven, like it, odds are it's coming out of Tua's hands. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think Tua's got extremely high upside. He on this list though also has the biggest potential for disaster. Yes. Because, uh, honestly, he might not be the quarterback by week eight if he doesn't have good games. Yes. So, yeah, Tua, high upside, but also biggest downside. My Jalen Hurts theory is, like, the guy, I think he was, like, a top seven or top ten quarterback the last, like, two years, or at least last year. Um, And he's got that rushing ability. He's, like, Lamar Jackson light, Mm -hmm. where the offense is basically just, like, heliocentric around him. And he can run the ball for 750 yards this year. Easy. And so if you get like a 3,800, 4,000-yard year plus another 750 on the ground plus like, you know, 5 to 10 rushing touchdowns, you're looking at a top-five quarterback again. Mm-hmm. He could be even QB1 if, you know, all things, you know, shake right and injuries happen here and there. So that's my theory with Jalen Hurts, and I'd be, I'm probably going to buy a lot of stocks in Jalen Hurts this year. So, I mean, we'll see how that plays out. Derek Carr, one of my favorite guys too on this list, Derek Carr, he might have the most explosive offense in the league. Getting Devonta Adams, you guys got Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. He's got Josh McDaniels calling plays now. Like this whole tier is like if you can grab one of these guys, great. But if you can get one of the guys in these upper tiers, and then one of these guys in the upside guys tiers, and and they hit, you're looking at a league winner. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, tier two. Tier two. And this is where you and I have some problems. Wow. <clears throat> so you got lineup locks. Yeah, these are guys I'm starting every week regardless. Um, Joe Burrow. Yep. Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray. And Matt Stafford. So Matt Stafford and Russell Wilson, I am okay with where you have them. Burrow, I think, is too low. Whoa! He honestly, and, honestly, he's he's first on my list there, and I couldn't quite put him in the elite tier yet. And Kyler Murray is way too high. 
So he, really? So so here's my thing. Have you been scorned by Kyler Murray? Uh, I mean, if you want like to draft Kyler Murray and play him the first eight weeks of the year, yeah, and then find a guy for weeks <laughs> nine. You could pair Ky- you could pair Kyler Murray and like Kirk Cousins. I fine. think I think Kyler Murray should be in your tier three. Your upside. Guys. Upside. Okay. He has upside. Yeah. He also lost his best weapon for the first six year for six six, six years, years. <laughs> six weeks. Excuse me. Um. And he's like pissed. So like, what's he doing this off season? He has been talked about in that MVP candidate. He's been to two Pro Bowls in his first three years. Like the guy, like he can do it. Yeah. And his and his floor is not as low as some of these other guys we just talked about, but I feel like he's an upside guy. Like if I drafted Kyler Murray, I I'm not feeling super confident that I have my 14, 15 game quarterback there. I mean, Kyler Murray last last year was like an MVP candidate, was like the front runner for like the first eight weeks. But and like the upside guys tier is like Tua, who like might lose his job. So like I I could put Kyler Murray in the upside guy tier. Like he, to me, he's a lineup lock. But to me, Kyler is like the same as like, I, I, same, the same maybe isn't the right word. He is like slightly better or equivalent to Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. Okay. I would rather have Derek Carr than Kyler Murray. Wow. I mean, I think you're not factoring the factoring in rushing. Well, maybe Cause that's a huge thing in fantasy. If you can it find is. a running quarterback, that's like a cheat code. It is. So here's my other problem with your list. I would take Rodgers and Brady as lineup locks over Russell Wilson and probably Matt Stafford. Really? I mean, my thing with Brady is, like, there's going to be a cliff eventually, right? Not not with him. He doesn't eat strawberries. <laughs> there's, uh, just to me, there's going to be a cliff eventually. Guy's, like, 44 years old. He lost Chris Godwin, you know, and he lost Gronk. I think losing Gronk is bigger than Godwin. That's honestly. a good take. That's a good take. That's a good take. Um, so that worries me more than anything. There, you know, he's throwing the no no OJ Howard anymore. He's throwing Cameron Brate for a tight end, and then yep. like Russell Gage, he's like his wide receiver too. So got uh, Mike Evans, who he's I know got Mike you Evans. Hate. I'm not high on Mike Evans. You know, in the, the end of the year result. You know, he's a thousand yard guy and like eight to ten touchdowns. But you know, week to week, I just can't count on him. But anyways, like. Tom Brady, I feel like it's going to be more of like a ball control type offense. Defense is going to be stifling. Uh, a lot of Leonard Fournette. Um, just, you know, if, if you double team Chris Scott or if you double team uh, Mike Evans, what are you going to go to for a 45 year old quarterback? Russell Gage, Cameron Brate. Yeah. It's it's Con- I mean, counterpoint. You got Russell Wilson, who has not. I'm going off memory here so maybe my memory's wrong russell wilson has not lived up to tom brady standards over the last couple of years and russell wilson while he has weapons are still unproven weapons like jerry judy needs to have a coming out party i agree um Cortland sutton had a nice year last year and mm-hmm. got paid for it and then you got like tim patrick got paid as well all good wide receivers solid yeah. But is there a guy like opposing defenses or like fearful of? I I don't think to start the year, I don't think they have like a top twenty wide receiver on their team, but I think like maybe Cortland Sutton can get there. I think Cortland Sutton's gonna be Cortland Sutton's my favorite wide receiver in, in Denver. 
mine as well. I had him last year. He was like a good reserve and a pinch guy. If there's anyone but, that's going to be a DK Metcalf in that offense, it's going to be Cortland Sutton. But the thing is, like that that offense from a wide receiver standpoint might be so spread out that all of those guys might suffer from a fantasy perspective. Look, Russell Wilson plays in the most explosive uh, division in football, and they're going to put up 35, 40 points a game. So you're you're looking at six shootouts, bare minimum for Russell Wilson. The Chiefs, the Raiders, yeah, and um, Blanken, the uh, Chargers. Chargers, yeah, those are gonna be like you know in the thirties every game. I don't know Russell Wilson. Plus, he's got some rushing upside. Yeah, sure. Russell Wilson scares me the most on this list. He scares you the most. Well, no. Kyler Murray scares me the most. Out of the tier two, of the Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. So I'm gonna take Joe Burrow out because I think Joe Burrow belongs in the, tier in the, out. the elite tier. Yep. Okay. Um, Stafford is gonna be Stafford. Stafford is Stafford. Yeah. And luckily, in most fantasy leagues, picks don't kill you because he threw a bunch of them last yeah, year. Yeah, he's a backbreaker. With those. Um, but that Cooper Cup connection he has, they now add Allen Robinson. Yeah. Um, Cam Akers is healthy again. Cam Akers is healthy again. Uh, the tight end. Um, Higby. Higby. Yeah. Solid tight end. Like Stafford's going to be Stafford. He's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would line up lock. If I have Russell Wilson, I'm starting him every week. But like, I think I would rather have like a Rodgers or a Brady than Russell Wilson. All right. I mean, that's that's your risk portfolio. You like the. I think Russell Wilson is a Toyota Camry. Okay. Wow. So I think he's gonna have the best year. According of his career. to your definition, I think he's gonna have the best year of his career. I think he's gonna be an MVP candidate this year. The thing about Russell Wilson that I will say supports your argument is he is historically one of the better deep ball throwers. Yes. So does that help a guy like Jerry Judy? I don't think Jerry Judy's a deep ball guy. Who do you think it is on that? Cortland Sutton. You think it's Sutton? I think it's gonna be Sutton and KJ Hamler. Okay. Uh, I think Judy's going to be like a slot guy working over the middle. Uh, Albert O gets some work over the middle too, but not as much. Jerry Judy's more of a slot guy. Um, Tim Patrick and Colton Sutton. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if those are the top two wide receivers on the team and Jerry Judy comes in for as a wide receiver three. Yeah, well, Jerry Judy being a first-round guy, he caught two touchdowns last year. Yeah, not Zero. great. It was not great. Not great. So, I mean, Mike a kill for the Tim Patrick love here, but – you know, Tim Patrick, he's no slouch. He could he could surpass Jerry Judy. He got paid for it too. Like and Colton said. Sutton's probably wide receiver one. I yes, if I'm drafting a Broncos wide receiver, it's certainly Sutton. No doubt about it. Why do you have Burrow here? Why do I have Burrow and specifically all right, well let's let's we'll okay. drop we'll kill the suspense. You got tier <laughs> one. The two on this list that I think are universally on there is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So yes, under the elite, you have Herbert. Yes, which we can talk about. Then you have Lamar. Lamar yeah. is look, man. Look, you. We both look. I am not a Lamar fan. <laughs> we both hate Lamar. But when Lamar is right and Lamar is, you know, juking middle linebackers and spin moving and stuff over the field running for 1,200 yards. There's no better cheat code in fantasy football than your quarterback running for 1,000-plus yards. And if he throw, if he runs for 1,200 yards, that's basically like a running back right there. And running backs win games in fantasy. 
So if he can throw for like 3,500 yards and run for 1,200 yards, yes, he might be quarterback one overall. Hmm. Is hmm. would I would I take him in real life ever? Hell no. I wouldn't. I'm trying to stay as far away from Lamar Jackson as possible. But this is the Russell Westbrook of the NFL. Russell Westbrook puts up great stats, by the way. I don't know if you're an NBA guy, but the All guy right. the guy was a triple double monster for like a year and a half. Just chased stats and was horrendous at basketball. So I want to look at Lamar's fantasy year last yeah, year. Yeah, sure. And oh, uh, last year was her, was horrendous. There were some injuries. Not just to him, but the whole team. The whole team was battered. Here's my problem with having Lamar, though, in your quote-unquote elite tier, is last year his high total was 41.88. So that's stud. Yeah. You get 41 points a game, that's, that's studly. He threw for 442 ran for another 62. I uh, didn't even have any rushing touchdowns. He also had 32 against Kansas City, 30 against Minnesota. So he can put up 30 plus, which is that's a big fantasy week. And by the way, I'm going off fantasy data. I have no idea what their scoring system is, but you get the point. <laughs> um However, he also put up 9 points against Cleveland. And he played a full game because he had 32 passing attempts and he ra- and he rushed for 17 times. Yeah. I can't have an elite guy score nine points a week. <laughs> I, I, I feel you, all right? But just the opportunity that Lamar Jackson gives you of possibly having 75-plus rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and 250 pass yards and, like, two passing touchdowns, that opportunity right there, that's elite stuff. That's at least 25 points per week. So he's got to be an elite guy. I mean, I hate him too. I don't like him, dude. I'm telling you. I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying saying to, I hate like, him. Like you're trying to make a case of the guy that doesn't like him too. I don't like him, but I'm saying like the facts are the facts. Fantasy-wise, he's a very good fantasy quarterback. I think Lamar belongs in the upside guys category. But you can't put Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray with the likes of like Tua. Come on, bro. Sure, I can. Why not? It's my list. Uh, it's, uh, it's, my, it's my list. <laughs> what I want. <laughs> uh, I mean, the upside guy, like Jameis Winston, Tua, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I can't. I feel like Lamar Jackson has an MVP and was like a QB1 in the past, whereas none of those guys have been. So. They have upside because they have upside to do what Lamar's done, but Lamar's already done it and proven it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's at at worst a lineup lock. Like I can't I can't put him in tier three with the upside guys. He's at least with the Burrows, the Wilsons, the Murrays, and the Staffords. Fair enough. Uh, what's Fair your enough. other What's your other? Uh, no, that was the big thing. Herbert is. Um, so you're you are 100 percent. So I, team yeah, Herbert. I think I bought all the real estate on Herbert Island. <laughs> if anyone is looking to join, the property value is only going higher. <laughs> it's only going up. Um, I will say yeah. that I've um, been in on Herbert since day one. From a fantasy standpoint, yeah, he's remarkably consistent. 
Over the last two years, he's averaged 22.2 and 22.4 fantasy points per game. Um, another guy similar to what I just kind of blamed on Lamar, he played Cleveland. He put up 43 fantasy points. The very next week, he played Baltimore. Houston? Oh, there was he, a Houston game where he was terrible. And he had 11. Yeah. It's going to happen with rushing with young quarterbacks. Going into his third year, yeah, I would put Herbert in the in a. I have no problem putting him here. I think him and Burrow are, are the new. They're the new guys. That class yeah. was kind of loaded, and I think that's they're going to be tied together now. Yeah, and I expect big things out of both of them. Yeah, for sure. So I got no problem with Herbert there. I think very clearly it's Mahomes and Allen one two. Yeah, probably Allen then Mahomes. Yes. Um. The rushing upside is what gets you Josh Allen. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then for me, it would be Herbert and then Burrow. Burrow over Lamar Jackson, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, like, again, I'm factoring the rushing upside with Lamar Jackson. Sure. Uh, so Joe Burrow. Look at the Joe Burrow here. Uh, I mean, he probably has the best uh, supporting cast of the three wide receivers on his team. Mm-hmm. Herbert's – Keenan Allen's Mr. Reliable. He's 30, though. Mike Williams – when Mike Williams is on, Mike Williams is on. Yeah, for he sure. also can disappear. Yes, a couple weeks at a time. The enigma of Mike Williams. But then you add in Eckler out of the backfield. Eckler will always get. You, will always keep Herbert in the running to score at least double digit fantasy points. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But Burrow, Burrow. I mean, I, Burrow definitely has the the upside to be uh, an elite guy. I mean, he's right there. I I just don't know if I could put him in the elite category with the with the other four, just because statistically they've been so dominant. Burrow's thing, he had a lot of interceptions for me last year. Um, I think he was like 15 or 17, something like that. Um, but, I mean, you can't deny the, the connection he has with Jamar Chase. And then T. Higgins on, on the other side is just phenomenal as an own right. So um, I just think it's going to be – a little less Joe Burrow chucking it deep this year and a little bit more Joe Mixon, a little bit more defense. Just, I don't know if he's going to you know, have a lot of 400, 500 passing yard games like he did against the Ravens, for example. So you want my hot take? Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that from a fantasy perspective – Joe Burrow has a better year than Patrick Mahomes. Mm, that's a really good take. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mahomes loses Tyreek Hill, but Mahomes also has, like, probably the best play caller. In, in I'm not I'm not worried about Mahomes scoring points. I just think Burrow's – You're that high on Burrow. I think Burrow – So, uh, like – I think – and I think Cincinnati's defense got a little bit worse. You I think, think so? I Yeah. I worry about that Jesse Bates contract situation being kind of this cancer builder in mm. that defense. Um, I will say, and then on the flip side, so I think the defense didn't get better. If anything, it might have stayed the same, but I don't think it improved much. All right. And on the flip side, they did everything they could to make sure Joe Burrow stays on his feet and doesn't get hit 80 times a game or 80 times a year. Yeah. Which is only good for Joe Burrow. That's true. I mean, yeah, things are set up for him. I think their defense might be a little bit better. I mean, Logan Wilson's a year older. 
Jermaine Pratt's a year older. Trey Henderson's coming back. Um, Dax Hill got drafted. Yeah. Jesse Bates. I mean, I think he's going to play. I don't see him. Oh, he'll he'll play, but like. Yeah. I mean, their defense, I think, is going to be at least league average. Agreed. Mahomes' defense could be just horrendous. (laughs) And he plays in the AFC West. And we'll we'll and we'll just have to see what does what is the what does it look like without Tyreek Hill. I don't I don't think it's going to have as big of an impact as some of the other people think. I agree. I think Mahomes is still going to ball. And they drafted Sky Moore, who's like Tyreek Hill light. Yeah. Same type of. I mean, definitely not as fast, but same type of skill set. And you still got that connection with Kelsey. They have other weapons there. I'm not worried about Mahomes getting his. I just think I just think Burrow's going to have. I think that you're on the Justin Herbert buy stock now. Yeah, yeah. That's how I am with Burrow. All right. I, I think, mean, I think Burrow might be. You can't go wrong with either guy. QB one. You wow. I think he QB might even one. score more than Allen. Allen. Wow. Allen's just got the rushing yards because that's the thing that's probably going to put Josh Allen over top. He's probably going to rush for 600 yards and. So you think Burrow goes for 5,000 uh, pass yards? Yes. How about uh, where's your benchmark for touchdowns? Like forty or fifty? Like he's got he's got to push at least forty for yeah QB one. I, I think f- between forty and forty five. I don't think he's gonna get to fifty. Okay. I don't think we're gonna have like a Brady or when he had Moss, but yeah, interesting. I mean, Mahomes had fifty his second year in the league when he had Tyreek Hill and all them. Yeah, that's such a high bar to expect. But last year he had. I just ended up coming. So you're not worried about any Jamar Chase regression? No. If anything, I think it's going to go up. Wow. Where's Burrow? He had 34 touchdowns last year, 4,600 yards. I think he throws for 5,040. As like a baseline. 5,040? And last year was? He was 46 46. and 34. Eighth in touchdowns, sixth in yards last year. That's not that big of a of an ask to go up 400 yards and six touchdowns. Six touchdowns. I think you're on to something there. So if you're, you know, you're picking in the league, are you taking Burrow as a top five guy? You think he's at the quarterback position? Yeah, yeah I think he, I think probably quarterback two. So you go out, Josh Allen, Allen, and then Joe Burrow, and then Burrow. Wow. And then Mahomes. So you and you would be willing to have egg on your face if Mahomes just balls out. Yeah, if I got to go wow. down with Joe Burr, <laughs> Joe Burr, then so take, be it. You take him over Herbert. Yeah. All right. Wow, that's a great uh, that's a great take. Honestly. Yeah. Joe Burrow, I, he definitely has the ability because you know those wide receivers are sick. They're so good, and the ba- the like the thing in his first two years is that the offensive line's been atrocious. Yeah. I mean, he got sacked I think seventy five times last year. Yeah. And, like, for him, he's not mobile. And when he does run, he hurts his knees. So, for him, he just needs to stay upright. And they've invested in that offensive line. Assuming that unit can come together and work together, I think he's primed to have You're not worried about game script at all? About, like, playing from ahead this year instead of behind? Mm, No. All right. And also, like. Not worried about Joe Mixon stealing some touchdowns here and there? That's going to happen. Um, that that certainly is going to happen, but like Mahomes has like no running back to worry about. Yeah, Lamar doesn't. Nope. 
Um, and Allen doesn't. Nope. So, I mean, I'm rooting for you here on this QB1 take. Yeah. But that's why it's a hot take, man. I think I'm still taking. I think I'm still taking. I'm going to stick with him as like QB5. Okay. All right. Well, time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. So, uh, kind of round this out here. So, we've got all the tiers here. Now, what's your philosophy on drafting quarterbacks? Are you a guy that wants to get your elite guy and be comfortable, or are you going to like kind of wait and play it out and be like the like the one of the last guys to take quarterback? So, with the league that we're in, you mentioned it a little while ago. Quarterbacks get the same amount of points for touchdowns as running backs and wide receivers. So, passing touchdown is still worth six. Yeah. So, in that league, my philosophy is I want a top six quarterback. Okay. I want a guy that I know is going to throw 30 plus touchdowns because it's such an advantage. Like you play, you play against a Mahomes and you have Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah, Kirk is going to go off some games, but then there's going to be other games where he like throws for 210 and one. Yeah. And you're going up against Mahomes who puts up 450 and three touchdowns. And like, it's almost impossible to win that week. I agree. So I don't I don't want to be the guy drafting Aaron Rodgers quarterback ten <laughs> with like the fear of like, okay, what's this offense gonna look like this year? Like I I want a guy that I know I can count on week in and week out to just get me twenty to thirty points a game and then if there's some upside and he goes off for forty, great. I don't ever want to be rolling the rolling the dice with like a Tua. <laughs> you know no but like okay so there's like run down the list you got Allen, herbert mahomes jackson that's four mm-hmm. burrow wilson murray stafford you're at eight and say rogers and brady that's nine ten yeah i, I gotta have and one Derek, of those guys and Derek carr's 11 so like if you if you're the last person to draft and you get like a Derek carr not not a bad problem right um but man i'd feel a lot better picking burrow you know what I mean? Yeah. You're super high on John Joe Burrow. Yeah, and if, I mean, and if I can get him at quarterback five, which is probably going to be like rounds five or six, because yeah. you figure someone will draft a quarterback. Well, we're in a keeper league too, which makes it a little bit different. Yeah. I think I drafted Mahomes last year in like the fourth round. No, you drafted him second, buddy. Was it second round second last round. year? Yeah. Um, And him last year. Did You, you won the league, right? I finished second. Oh, heartbreaker. The the Jackson Mahomes curse. <laughs> like anytime that guy was on the sideline, his yeah. brother would have seven fantasy points. Uh, last year, my team was carried by. Are, are Nick you scared Joe. off by the uh, Jackson Mahomes Juju Smith Schuster curse here? Yeah, I mean double I'm, double curse. I am not keeping Mahomes, <laughs> so he's available uh, for the rest of the league. No, my team last year though was carried by Chubb and Eckler. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and Cooper Cup. Didn't, did you have Najee in there too? And I have Najee Harris. Yeah, and man. I have Damian Harris. Trading draft picks is a bitch, man. All yeah. right. So I had a <laughs> loaded team. <sighs> well, you just got to catch Ben on a week where he loses and he feels like his team's going to hell because yeah. he'll, he'll trade just club, away. Just club that guy. Yeah. <laughs> get him like three shots of Jaeger or something and then just make ridiculous trades. So, um, yeah, I see you, what know, you did my, there. my team was good. Well, even then I had, so I drafted Najee Harris. I had Nick Chubb. And then I got Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup. I was, was high was, on Cooper Cup. I, I was had, high on Cooper Cup too, but I think I drafted him like round four, round five. Yeah, like yeah. it was like he was kind of a sleeper guy. He was. Um, and I just you know hit it out of the park there. So my my team got as far as it did did probably in spite of 
Mahomes as opposed to because of it. Um, and Mahomes had probably the roughest for him, the roughest year of his career so far was last year. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still a top five guy, but that was the roughest year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because he was such a roller coaster ride. Yeah. There was like two weeks in a row where he scored like seven points, and I said, the hell with it, and I benched him. And then, of Didn't course- did you start like Matt Ryan or something? Started Matt Ryan off waiver wire, because at least Matt <laughs> Ryan was giving you like 18 points a game. <laughs> Matt Ryan, of course, gets like one fantasy point, because he sucked ass. Yeah. And then Mahomes went off for 40, and I was like, all right, well, can't yeah. ever do that again, nope. idiot. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy that benched Patrick Mahomes. Yep, for a one-point scoring Matt Ryan. God. So- yeah, I, I don't think I would draft Mahomes in the second again, but, you know, like Josh Allen, I think in our league, I bet you, if, if he's not kept, I don't know if he's a keeper eligible. He's not. Um, he's going to be a free agent to be drafted. Would you be shocked if someone takes him round one? I, I personally wouldn't be in our in our league with Honestly, keepers. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he in our league he went round one um, just because of the way it's played. Um God, that's a hefty price though for a quarterback. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I love Josh Allen, but man, round one's kind of crazy. Maybe round two, round three, but. Whew. Um, from the list that we have here, if you could pick a tier, which tier would you want your quarterback from, on this list? Like, are you waiting? Are you are you are you going for that tier one elite tier, or are you going to wait to maybe two tier two tier two or tier three? The other thing that makes our draft so interesting, and I'll say this to kind of defend myself about the Mahomes pick, is with our keepers, you keep in the round you were drafted. Yeah. So like A.J. Brown, I kept, and I, because I picked him up on waiver wires when he was a rookie, it was a 17th round pick. Yeah. And then I forget who else I kept last year. Anyway, so like you, you draft... Oh, and I had two first. Yeah. So I drafted Chubb and Harris. Yeah. And I have A.J. Brown. Yeah. Makes you feel a little bit easier about, yeah, about reaching out a quarterback. a quarterback. This year I'm not going to have that same luxury. Yeah. So I'm probably going to be forced to pick a guy rounds eight through ten, and I'm probably looking at – You could have Kirk? Tier three. Oh, you got a smile on my your face. My ride or die. My ride or die. I've been talking him up for six months now. It's time to you know put my money where my mouth is. Kirk Cousins. But I could see my – or, you know, Rodgers never lasts long in Wisconsin fantasy drafts. Yeah. Um, but I could see myself rolling with a Brady or a Jalen Hurts or, quite honestly, I almost won the league three, four years ago with Jameis Winston. Yeah, you. I think you crushed me with Jameis. Yeah, ridiculous. well, because he was a guy who would throw for 400 and four yeah. touchdowns and four picks. Yeah, I have Patrick Holmes, guy over here has Jameis Winston <laughs> throwing four touchdowns and three picks yeah. in the game and beating me. Every week you'd start with minus four points because he's going to throw two picks. But <laughs> So, you know, this year I, I did trade away a lot of draft picks for talent last year and then kind of went all in to win it. I don't yeah. have draft pick luxury, so I will probably be forced to draft. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not gonna have the luxury like I did last year to yeah. go and get a, yeah. a, a high, you know, high guy in the first five rounds. I'll probably be drafting in the later rounds, and it'll probably be someone from Tier 3 or Tier 4. I'm really hoping for a Kirk Cousins Tua Tagovailoa tandem for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can watch me on Suicide Watch every week trying to figure out which guy to play. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be phenomenal. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm talking up all these quarterbacks, but I'm looking for, like, a, 
I'm really trying to stay in that tier one, tier two range because you're right. Like the way our our league is played, like you want one of those elite guys because week to week is you know the, you want the consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I'm the reverse of you. I I went all in on tanking, so I was tanking for CJ Stroud apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I was tanking for Josh Allen in the draft this year. So we'll see. I mean, I'm pff, I could be that guy. I mean, I've I have two picks in the first five rounds each round. I could just take a swing and just splurge on Josh Allen round one. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing so far. It's, you know, draft is eight weeks away, so. Well, and that's just it. So if you have multiple picks in some of these rounds, like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes was a second-round pick for me last year, but he was my third pick. Yeah, yeah. And I had A.J. Brown and some of these other guys kept in later rounds. So that's what makes our league so interesting. Yeah. Because you'll see a guy go off, and like, wow, that guy's going off early. But then you look at the guy who picked him's roster, and he's already got two running backs kept. Yeah. And, you know, a wide receiver drafted ahead. And you're like, okay, yeah. well, this makes yeah. a little bit more sense now. Yeah, it's all about knowing your league and what other teams are doing around the league that you're you're, you're going against. So yeah. the one thing I was going to propose to our league was maybe making, instead of uh, the whole kicker situation, is just a two-quarterback league. So, like, mm. you would have a – I'm starting Trevor Lawrence this week. Oh, shit. Type, yeah. type scenario. Instead of like, yeah, Billy Cundiff really rooting for that 47-yard field goal. I think you would see in our league if you did that, like it would it would be this giant swing, I think, year to year. So like for you, if we went to a two-quarterback league, you would you and some of the other guys who have multiple picks in the first three rounds yeah. are going to dominate that league. Yeah, I'd go, you know, I'd go Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson round, yeah. round one. Where, yeah. you know, I have three picks in the first five rounds total mm-hmm. and I'm keeping, you know, two running backs. Yeah. Then it's like, shit, now I am starting Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins and Tua. Yeah. And, like, it, it makes it – I think it would make it impossible if think, we didn't change quarterback scoring. If we – I think I would have to do it like a, like a proposal, like, where, hey, it's you know, like we're in 2022 right now. Hey, in 2025, we're going to move to a two-quarterback system, so everyone should prepare yourself for two years. I think if you did that and you dropped quarterback scoring to four points – yeah. That would make it more interesting. Maybe that could something we could look into. Yeah. I would definitely do that. Because, like, the kicker thing, I just I just can't do it anymore. Because the, the – And there's the, so many good quarterbacks in the league. So, like, we were just talking, like, Derek Carr's QB 11 maybe. But, like, so, like, really you're not even starting, like, a Dak Prescott or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. Like, those guys are, like, pretty much irrelevant. But, like, if you have two quarterbacks, now you're looking at 24 quarterbacks being started. And there's a lot more to get in the game. And there. then what happens on bye weeks? Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, and then someone would be, you know, forced to start like Marcus Mariota. You know, like I mean, I, I, that's more appealing to me than like, yep, I got Jason Sanders kicking three twenty-five yard field goals for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Interesting, interesting concept. But yeah, you would have to set it up where guys have like two years to prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. By then we'll have CJ Stroud in his like third year. Bryce Young. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. I don't know. Have you seen the? Did you see a, a Anthony Richardson clip by the way on TikTok? Mm-mm. This guy is like six four, two forty, can run as fast as the wind, and can throw like seventy five yard bombs. <laughs> Dude, I feel like the athletes are just they're getting better and better. Yeah. yeah. Now quarterback is still a position where you got to figure it all out yeah it's more mental i think than physical but there's no doubt these guys coming out of college have the physical gifts yeah yeah i I, the quarterback position's in a way better place 
now than it was 15, even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think 10 years ago we were saying, hey, like, I can wait and, like, QB 13 is, like, a good quarterback to, like, play weekly on a fantasy basis. So, yeah, I mean, the quarterback position is just so saturated right now. And it's it only going to get worse. I mean, better, I guess, yeah. and more saturated is my point. And I think the running back position is going to get weaker. Way more weaker. So there's only going to be five or six guys yeah. that you want that are going to get 20 touches a game because that's the hardest thing with fantasy running backs. Like you, you need like the days of having like Priest the Holmes. one guy who, yeah. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, LaDainian Tomlinson. Yeah. Sean Alexander, like that position doesn't exist anymore. The guy who gets 25 carries week in and week out is gone. Yeah. Now you're looking at guys who get 15 carries and you better hope they pop one off. Right. Because, I mean, well, we'll get into running backs next week, but, God, there's probably only like six to eight that I'd be super excited about drafting round one. Huh. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm drafting 11th this year. Yeah. Like I'm going to pick a running back most likely. No matter what? I mean, it depends on who's there on the board. If Josh Allen's there at 11, are you taking him? No. I, ca- I can't afford to. Damn. Interesting. All right. I would. If I was you, yeah. I would. I'd be like, I'd go zero running back strategy and be like, yep. I'm not going to, like. Just roll with Josh Allen gonna, and are you Cooper gonna, like, Cup. Yeah, Josh Allen, Cooper Cup. and Cooper Cup will be kept. Yeah. And then, like, so you're starting at, like, with QB1 and wide receiver one overall. And then just fill in whatever. I hope, yeah. hope like. J.K. Dobbins hits in like the fourth round or something. I don't know. Just putting that out there. Like you know A.J. Dillon hits ha- in like the eighth. So last year, heading into about this time frame, I was going to keep J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers. Both guys <laughs> hurt in the offseason. And both those guys were extremely late. Yeah, like teens. I think. Like late yes. teens. Like I would have been loaded. Loaded. Yeah. That sucks. Fantasy football, Tough man. Break. It, dude, it all worked out in the end. You got second place. That's a pretty good standing. Yeah. Made a little bit of money. Made a little bit of money, man. That's all that matters, right? For sure. Awesome. Well, should we do running backs next week? I'm game. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming by, and thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.